Thank you for downloading this podcast from Victory Outreach Manchester. We pray that this message will bless your life as you listen. I was sort of self-employed at the time. I was in the business of buying and selling illegal mind-bending substances. My shop premises was a first floor flat in Meredith Court, a tower block in New Moss Side. It was open seven days a week, eight till late. (laughs) It was my first flat, so you can imagine I wanted it nice. I had the living room painted up and put some bits from Habitat in that were all nicked. At the top of the range sound system, all separate, remember them? I had four speakers placed around the room. Man, you should have heard the quality. So surround sound. You could hear helicopters circling the room in the music. The drugs were strong back then. There was the visual effects too. I had an old machine that projected moving psychedelic patterns on the walls. I bought it with drugs off Chunky Pete. Late one night, it was business as usual. Me and Lisa were buzzing on speed, the music was blasting, and the old machine was going like the clappers, knocking out shapes better than the Northern Lights. Then there was a banging on the door. I turned the music down. No name though. Customers always shouted it through the letterbox. Lisa goes into the hallway. Seconds later, she comes rushing back in and five lads come bursting in behind her, waving knives and baseball bats about. Four of them had balaclavas on. The one that wasn't ballad up was a weasel-faced white guy who was well psyched up. He started shouting, you should have heard him giving out orders. One lad starts rummaging around the flat, turning things over and smashing stuff up. One of them was stocky and he had a black Lacoste jacket on. He looked right at me. Get into the bedroom now. Two of them grabbed me and dragged me into the bedroom and made me stand on the bed. And the stocky one goes, where's your drugs? I've not got any drugs. So then he starts to whack me round the legs with a baseball bat. Come on, tell us where they are. I've not got any. Then Lisa comes flying into the bedroom and lands on the deck. Loudmouth was just behind her. He'd been grilling her in the other room. He had all of a baseball bat as well. We know they're in here somewhere. Tell us where your blankety-blank drugs are. I've just told him here I've not got any. So then he starts to beat Lisa while she's on the floor. All right, all right, all right. I've got them here. I pulled a bag out from down with tracky bottoms. Do you know those plastic coin bags? It was full of little wraps. You know, that little envelopes. There you go, that's all I've got. He snatched them from the floor. Come on, let's get off. Then they all bolted. I jumped down from the bed lively and pulled Lisa up. You're all right, Lisa? Yeah, of course, I'll be all right. Did you give them the lot, Baz? Nah, did I get just some wraps of brown? Nice move. Ah, babes. We went back into the, the other room. My system was untouched. So I turned the music back up and we took some more speed. That's just a taste 
of the chaos we were in? What about the chaos you've been in? When you've had those times on your path and it's felt like a crew has burst in on you. During the first part of the Good Book era, there was a fella in the spotlight called David. He was no stranger to chaos himself. There were times it got so bad, he said, chaos has overwhelmed me. You know, it's a cert that we all get caught up in chaos to some extent someday. What takeaways can we other? Can we uncover from there then? Let's have a butchers for those that met up today. Truths to think about, even in times of chaos. For openers, even in times of chaos, you have a high valuation placed on you. If you'd have crossed paths with Dave, you'd never forget him. He was big, brash, and he had a ginger or shoe tash. Dave got caught up in chaos when he was a criminal. He was in the Quality Street Gang, or the QSG, as they were known. This was a network of Manchester villains that was active way back. One way of making money was by running the doors of nightclubs. Once Dave was on the door of a local club, and then this little bloke wearing specs Carrying flyers comes, and he starts giving them out to those in the queue. So Dave goes and grabs one from a clubber. Give the guy in the sky a try. Hey, you, you blankety blank. We don't want any of this religious rubbish being given outside here. Do one. Two days later, it was out and about in town, and you know, it was there. Yeah, the bloke, he was giving out flyers. Oh no, it's him again. So he swerved him. Two days after that, there was a knock on his door. He opened it, it was him. Hi, my name's Mike. Can I just give you one? No, you can't. You bang. This guy's doing my head in. Wherever I go, he's there. And now he knows where I live. He's bound to come back. I better do something. I'm going to set him up. Do you know what he did? He put pictures out of top shelf magazines up all over his living room walls. And a mean top shelf. You get me? The next morning, his door went again. You've guessed it. Ah, you said your name's Mike, didn't you? My name's Dave. I'm sorry for slamming the door on you yesterday. Come in. He takes him into the living room. Sit down, Mike. Dave sits right next to him. What do you think about them up there, eh? Aren't they beautiful? Oh, they are, Dave. They're really gorgeous, them. Ah, so you and me are just the same then, aren't we? Well, I'm sure we are in some ways, Dave, yeah? But not in the way we're looking at those women. Since I don't see them the same way you do, I see them the same way God does. He sees their hearts and he places massive value on them despite the industry that they're in. And he thought, 
So that means God places massive value on me then. In spite of all the madness I'm involved with, this truth hit Dave so hard. Do you know what he did next? He gave the guy in the sky a try. Listen, even in times of chaos, you have a high valuation placed on you. There's a cracking line in the first part of the Bible that goes like this. God doesn't see the same way people see. People look at the outside of a person, but God looks to the heart. At the start of the naughty 90s, I got right into DJing. I could mix two records in time, Waka Wong, and in key, Chocka Chong, every time. Years later, I got into it again. So I was back on the hunt for vinyl. I found one record in a crate on the floor in a second-hand shop in York that had a Martin Luther King speech on it. Result, if you'd have been in Sergeant Pepper's nightclub, in Ibiza, when I was playing in there, when me and the team were in, reaching out to clubbers, you'd have heard how I used it. I've come back to tell you that you are a somebody. Waka Wong, Chocka Chong. Get this. Did you know that God thinks that much about you that his thoughts can't be counted? Well, he does. And did you know that he sees you as precious? Well, he does. And do you know that you're the apple of his eye? Well, you are. So that means you're a somebody too. You see, God places massive value on you. No matter what kind of chaos you might be in. Like he did, Dave. Oh, I never mentioned that it was outside Sergeant Pepper's that night, did I? This time round, though, he wasn't on the door. He was on our team. And he was the one giving out flyers to those in the queue. Listen, listen, listen. Even in times of chaos, you have a high valuation placed on you. Late one night, it was business as usual. Then that crew burst in. Get into the bedroom now. Even in times of chaos, you have a high valuation placed on you. And other than that, even in times of chaos, you can always call for backup. It was a while ago now when I went round to my mum and dad's. If you'd have walked in with me, you'd have seen the smile on my mum's face when she saw me. And you'd have whiffed that Indian curry, my dad's favourite. He just had some for tea. He'd have had a garlic naan with it and a pile of poppadons to start. This was during the time on my path when I thought I had AIDS. For two years I was convinced my days was numbered cause there was no treatment then. You can imagine that this took the chaos that I was caught up into a whole new level. I didn't say out to anybody though. I just kept it to myself. That evening, I put on my brave face and walked in. This is a nice surprise, Baz. Yeah, ma'am, I just thought I'd pop round to see you both. 
I sat on the settee. My dad had his joggers on. And he was sat with his leg over the arm of his chair. My mum was sat in her armchair with a remote control next to her. That's because he had one too. You should have seen him talk about Battle of Wills. That curry smells nice, Dad. It was bloody lovely. One of those vindaloos from Marks and Spencers. We were chatting and watching telly. Coronation Street was on. They made a truce for that. And then I remembered when we were kids, my dad used to call me mum electric legs because she walked dead fast. And then I remembered my mum bombing it down our street, carrying about 35 bags of shopping up each arm after she got off the bus. And I remembered when my dad pinned my gym teacher to the wall after he'd battered me. You touched my lad again and I'll hurt you very badly. Or words to that effect. And then I started to think about all the, all the bother they've had because of me over a decade's worth. And I thought, and now, after all that, they're going to watch me get dead ill. And then they're going to see me die. I was proper devastated. I felt so bad I had to get off. I'm going to get going. I'll see you later. Them days, I was living in Salford. I just passed the flat. Driving here. So I was just 15 minutes away, just around the corner from where they were living. By the time I got home, I felt even worse. So I walked into the bedroom, and the only thing that I could think to do was to kneel down outside of the bed. God, help me! You see, I'd messed my life up. I'd written myself off. And since then, God has cleaned my mess up and he's written me right back in. Listen, even in times of chaos, you can always, always, always call for backup. And FYI, I didn't have AIDS. That fellow that I mentioned, you know, the one who's no stranger to chaos, he looked this first hand. He said, God is near to all who call on him. To all who call on him in truth. In other words, those who are sincere, those who really mean it. He says, he hears their cries for help and rescues them. What about you? Have you messed up in some way? Have you written yourself off? Could you do with some help for your situation? Why not give God a try? Listen, even in times of chaos, you can always call for backup. Late one night, it was business as usual. Then that crew burst in. Get into the bedroom now. Even in times of chaos, there's a high valuation placed on you. You can always call for backup. And even in times of chaos, you're able to rebuild better. You had to be on that Zoom to hear somebody who I'm calling my Exhibit A tell us how this came about for her. She said, for me, chaos was just normal, even as a kid. One time, me and my mum were living in a rehab down south, but we got kicked out, so we ended up in a hostel. Then we lived with my auntie for a bit. Then we got a flat. Then my mum met this fella, so we flitted to Fleetwood and moved into a bedsit. We got evicted from there, though. It was in the middle of the night, and we had nowhere to go. So we went to the police station, and my mum asked if we could stay, so we slept on a police cell floor. 
I was only about eight. Then she got with this other bloke who sexually abused me. That went on for around a year. I'd started drinking and smoking myself by the time I was 11. It wasn't long before I was taking drugs, going to, going to festivals and partying and all that. At 15, I got pregnant. Then at 19, I had a miscarriage. Five years after that, I got pregnant again. It seemed like I was always caught up in chaos of one kind or another. It got to the point though when I thought, I want something better than this. Then my mate saw an event advertised on Facebook, so we went. And someone said from the stage, God wants to be part of your journey, but you need to let him in. So I did. And then my Exhibit A said, it was after that that things did pan out for the better for me. I stopped taking drugs and all the craziness. Then I got a job doing admin and stuff. Then I met this fella who treated me deaf, dead different. He wasn't after sex and he included me. Then I got married. And after that, I became a care worker. And after that, I went to college. And after that, I started training to be a leader. And now, as well as getting paid to do all the administration at the church, I'm the assistant leader. You see, she was right in the thick of it. And she got on with rebuilding her life brick by brick. Look, even in times of chaos, you're able to rebuild better. You've just seen the evidence of it. My exhibit A. A is for Adele, by the way. She used to work for us. And I was a someone speaking from the stage. In Bible times, there was a 70-year period where God's people was held against their will away from home, so their own towns and cities lay derelict. But a guy called Isaiah said, you will rebuild the ancient ruins. And in the end, he did. These six words paint a picture for us today. He said, God wants to be part of, part of our journey so that with him, we can rebuild the areas of our lives that have been ruined. Then our lives can be better than they've ever been before. He says, I will restore to you the years. It means those lost years. Raise your hand if you've got one or two of them. But first, you need to let him in. You need to give him a try. So where are you at? Could you do with rebuilding part of your life? Do you want something better? Whatever that might look like for you. Are you ready though to get out the bricks that you need? That's up to you. Look, even in times of chaos, you're able to rebuild better. Late one night, it was business as usual. Then that crew burst in. Get into the bedroom now. Even in times of chaos, you have a high valuation placed on you. You can always call for backup. You're able to rebuild better and to go with these. Even in times of chaos, you can set out down a different track. If you'd attached speaker on my phone that was on my desk just near me, you'd have heard her. Hello, is that Mr. Woodward? Yes, speaking. Hello, my name's Donna. I'm from more than insurance. Do you mind if I call you Barry? No, do I yet? Great. The reason why I'm ringing Barry is to find out if you've got any building and contents insurance for your own. 
Yeah, we have. It just so happens I was ringing around for a couple of quotes earlier on. Oh, do you want me to give you a quote too? Go on then, Donna. Why not? She's frying away the questions and part way in. Have you ever had any criminal convictions, Barry? Uh, well, yeah. But they're all spent. They were ages ago. It doesn't matter if they're all spent. Before we can insure you, we need to know what they are. Theft. GBH. Going equipped. That's just a few of them. Then she goes, have you ever been in prison, Barry? Uh, yeah, I have. What have you been in prison for? Possession of heroin. Then she goes, have you ever taken drugs, Barry? Uh, yeah, I have. What drugs have you taken? Cannabis. LSD. Amphetamines. MDMA, crack, heroin. So you've taken heroin, Barry? Yeah, I have. All oh, this was yonks ago, though. When I was caught up in loads of chaos. I'm not anymore. So how did that change then, Barry? Well, in a nutshell, Donna, it happened after I asked God in. Because that's when I sat out down a different track. And I've been on it ever since. I've even wrote a book about it. It's called Once an Addict. Ooh, all sounds fascinating. Fair play to you. I might even buy a copy of your book to find out more, Barry. But because you've been on for theft, GBH going equipped. And you've been in prison and you've been on heroin more than insure. Can't insure you, Barry. Listen. Even in times of chaos, you can set out down a different track. Watch this. 2,000 years ago, 2,000 miles away, God who flung the stars into space, God who spoke the universe into being, he put skin on, he became a man, his name is Jesus, and he came to this earth. And he was tempted, just like you. But he resisted temptation, and at the age of 33, he allowed himself to be Nailed to a cross. Just before that, they'd beaten him. They'd laughed at him. They'd spat on him. And he hung on that cross for six hours. So just picture the chaos. He went through that time. That was for you, though. Because he died on that cross to pay the price for your faults, for your flaws, and for your failures. He died on that cross to put things right for you. Which means no matter where you're at now, you can set out down a different track. Two years before that day when he described this as the narrow way. And he said, only a few people find it. You're going to join me and some others in this room being one of those few. That's up to you. Because the decision is in your hands. Imagine you're on a few days break in London with someone. It's your last morning. So before you check out of your hotel... You go on a short boat trip on the Thames. Then when it's done, you're walking up the street, heading back to your hotel, and you go to put your hand in your bag. But it's gone. You need to be out of your hotel in 10 minutes. Your car's parked in the basement car park of a different hotel, 
and your car key is in your bag. How do you think you'd react? Raise your hand if you think you stay calm. Now those of you who think you start flapping, raise your hand. I'm with you lot, because that's just what Tina, my wife and I did when it happened to us two summers ago. Talk about flapping, we were flapping that much when we nearly flew to China. For a minute anyway, then we morphed into hyperactive project management mode. You should have seen us. Tina rushed back to the hotel to check us out on time. And the plan was is that she would wait downstairs near the reception with the bags. Then I'd pick her up once I sorted a key out to get into my car. That was my job. Auto locksmiths near me. Two hours later, the short, skinny, dark, curly-haired, we make any car key man, turned up at the hotel where my car was and he parked just in front of mine. Right, what I need to do, I need to pick and decode the lock, then I can cut a key. It took me about an hour and hour with the programming, just leave it with me and come back later. Well, I don't mind hanging around, to be honest, so I can watch. Do you mind? Nah, do I yet? So he gets the lock pick and decode the tool out of his van and he puts it into the keyhole in my driver's side door. Then he moves these little arms on the side of it along and he clicks on each pin inside. Then to get the code, he measures the depth of the cuts, looks at the numbers, and then he gets back into his van, he types that 10-digit code into a key cutting machine, he clamps the key in, presses start and cuts it. Then he takes that key back to my car, opens the door and gets in. This whole process was far slicker than using a flathead screwdriver with an hammer and using a big pipe wrench to turn it. That's a Salford lock picking degolder tool. In it. Do you know God will never pick and decode your lock to make a key so that he can get in? He won't. Because he puts the onus on you. You need to decide to open it. And then he'll get in. Here's one of my top verses out of the Bible just for you. Commit your future to God. Trust in him and he will act on your behalf. Listen, even in times of chaos, you can set out down a different track. The decision is in your hands though. It's down to you too. Give the guy in the sky a try, like Dave from the QSG did. Let's wrap this up now by paying one last visit to my shop, which was a first floor flat in a tower block in Hume, maybe three miles away from here at the most. The music was blasting, the oil machine was going like the clappers. Me and Lisa were buzzing on speed, the door went, then that crew burst in. And I know there's been times on your path when it's felt like a crew has burst in on you. Because we all get caught up in chaos. So we've just had a butcher's at some truce that can help. Truce for you to take away. Please stand. If you're watching online, keep watching. No going outside for a smoke just yet? Pastor Paul? <laughs> Listen up. Listen up. Listen up, whether you're watching online or whether you're in this room right now. God is stood outside your door. He wants to be part of your journey. The decision 
is in your hands. What are you going to do? I'm going to pray a prayer. There's two groups of people in this room watching online. You're going to pray this prayer with me. The first group, if you have never prayed a prayer to give God consent to come into your life, you're going to pray this prayer. It could be that you believe in God, but you've never known that you need to give him permission to come in. It could be that you're searching for God. It could be that you're a 12-stepper and you struggle with God being the higher power. It could be that you're resisting. You know you need to do it, but that stubbornness, that pride in you has stopped you making that step. Listen, God is outside your life. He wants to come in. The decision is in your hands. So the first group of people, whether you're watching online or whether you're in the room, if you've never prayed a prayer, you're going to pray this prayer. If you've never given God consent to come in, you're going to do it. You're going to park your pride outside. You're going to put it in your pocket. You're going to put it in your bag. You're going to put it in your jacket. Get rid of your pride. Don't let your pride stop you connecting with the living God. The second group of people are those people in this room, those people watching online. You have started a faith journey at some point in the past. But for whatever reason, right now, on your path, you're not cutting it. Listen, the Bible says there's no condemnation for you. But what I want to say to the second group, whether you're watching online or you're in this room, if you're not cutting it right now, you need to reconnect. You need to get back into the groove of your faith. So that's the second group. And everybody else, if you're in the room, you make up the third group. Because you're going to pray it to encourage the first group and the second group. Are we ready? All three groups repeat after me, phrase by phrase. Dear God, I come to you today and I admit that I'm not perfect. God, I ask that you forgive me for all my faults for all my flaws, for all my failures. God, I ask that you wipe my slate clean because right now I'm opening my door so that you can get in. And God, I'm saying I want to rebuild the areas of my life that have been ruined. And God, I'm saying I'm ready to get the bricks out that I need so I can rebuild better. Visit us every Sunday in person at the church building or live on Facebook and YouTube at 10am. Go to our website vomanchester.org.uk for more information.